Hope. All this month we've been talking about hope. And we started by talking about how the whole world was without hope. 700 years before Christmas, uh, the prophet Isaiah described the truth that every man, woman, and child wandered in darkness. Isaiah was referring to personal darkness, spiritual darkness. And he was talking about how everyone everywhere was lost and confused. Everyone everywhere was longing for some light to overcome their separation from God, their lack of purpose in life, and their fear of the darkness of death. But Isaiah didn't just describe the darkness, but he also pointed to a glimmer of hope on the horizon. Not a theological concept, not a political movement, but a person. The coming hope was a person who would be born of a woman, born of a virgin, born to become our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. And this morning, we celebrate the day that hope was born. And all month, we've been reminding ourselves that in the Bible, the word hope does not mean wishful thinking. No, hope is the Bible's word for the confidence that comes in a relationship with God through faith in Jesus. In Christmas, we celebrate the birth of hope. We celebrate the truth that no one in the sound of my voice ever again needs to wander lost and confused in the darkness of death. The light has come and there is hope for everyone if you just apply the hope of the Savior born in Bethlehem to your life, you can live each and every day in confidence. But how? How do I do that? How do I apply the hope of the Savior? Well, the answer lies in the Christmas story. God's promised hope is a person. And the way to receive his hope is explained in the God-given names that this person receives in the Christmas story. So let's study the two names given in the Christmas story, uh, found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him 
Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, who gave birth to a son. And Joseph gave him the name Jesus. When hope was born, he was given two names by God. The first name is Jesus. And the definition of this name teaches me the first step in how to find confident hope in life. God chose the name Jesus, not because it has a nice ring to it, uh, but because it means something. The name Jesus was the first century translation of an Old Testament Hebrew name, Joshua. And both Joshua and Jesus means God rescues, God saves. And I say, oh, thank you, God, that you came in hope. You were born in hope with the name Jesus. I'm so grateful that being confident in life is not dependent on me being brave, me being perfect, or me saving myself. Thank you for coming as Jesus, meaning that my confidence is based on you rescuing me in my hopeless situation. So right here in the Christmas story, God makes it clear both who Jesus is, he's the rescuer, and what he rescues me from, that's my sin. Uh, as the account says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Sin is the Bible's word uh, to describe whatever separates me from a relationship with God and separates me from all the hope and confidence that flows from a relationship with God. And sin is illustrated in the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis. God put Adam and Eve in this perfect paradise where paradise in Eden was, it consisted of two ingredients, security and confidence. They had the security of a perfect relationship with God and then they had the confidence of God's perfect presence with them. They had everything, because when you have a secure relationship with God and you have the confidence of God's presence with you, you are the very definition of, of in paradise. But Adam and Eve, of course, rebelled against God, and better than anyone else in history, Adam and Eve could see the destructive power of this stuff called sin. Their sin cast them out of Eden, separated them from their friendship with God, and uh, introduced hopelessness in the form of all the fears and insecurities and frustrations and interpersonal conflicts and inner darkness that I struggle with every day, and so do you. But then hope was born. Hope comes in Jesus, the rescuer, who lived a perfect, sinless life, and then took the punishment, the death sentence that I deserve. And then Jesus reaches out to me with his nail-scarred hand to rescue me from sin, 
to pull me out of this hopeless situation and to break down the separating wall that keeps me from a relationship with God. But I am not saved. I am not rescued just by acknowledging this hand of Jesus. No, I'm rescued when I personally reach out and grasp the hand of the rescuer by a simple word of faith in Jesus and faith in him. And then Jesus, the rescuer, pulls me out of the hopeless situation and he makes me a child of the heavenly father with an eternal home in heaven, which gives me hope for each day because there's hope Uh, There's confidence knowing that God is my friend and not my foe. There is confidence in knowing that God is for me in life and not against me. There is confidence in knowing that I'm rescued by a love that is permanent, unconditional, unchanging, and that would be enough. It would be enough if hope, the hope of Christmas was only named Jesus, the rescuer. It would be enough if Jesus just rescued me and brought me into this new status of being in God's family. But he has a second name, a second name given in the Christmas story. As Isaiah writes, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The second name of the hope bringer of Christmas is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I say, thank you, God, that when hope was born, he received the name Emmanuel, which means that I can face life challenges with confident hope because you are with me. I can be confident because I'm never alone. I can be confident because because the one who is with me is the all-powerful, all-loving, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, and even my everlasting father. Do you see how these two names go together? Jesus Emmanuel means God bring me back to the two ingredients of paradise, of Eden, security and confidence because Jesus, Emmanuel, gives me the security of a restored relationship with God. Jesus, Emmanuel, gives me the confidence of God's daily presence with me. And these two names not only describe what the hope bringer does, but these two names also describe how I live in the hope of the one born in Bethlehem. The formula for rock solid, confident hope in life is the combination of these two words, Jesus, Emmanuel. The formula is Jesus plus Emmanuel equals hope. And if I want to live in confident hope in life, I must have them both. I must receive salvation in Jesus, and I must daily walk with Emmanuel. I have to have both parts of the whole formula. First, I must receive a restored relationship with God, the only way anyone can receive this relationship, and that is through faith in Jesus 
the rescuer. And then second, I must walk, if I'm going to be in confident hope, I must walk each day with Emmanuel, God with me, where I am listening to Jesus throughout my day, where I'm talking to Jesus throughout my day, and I'm learning from him what it means to live and love in a confident life just like Jesus walked. Are you looking for confident hope in life? The answer is Jesus, Emmanuel, and Mary and Joseph prove it. Let's take a look at uh, Mary and Joseph and how their lives were different because Jesus, Emmanuel, was born to them. Mary and Joseph, for instance, prove that Jesus, Emmanuel, gives hope to overcome stresses, the stresses of life. I am blessed with a wonderful marriage, but Jen and I do have our times where we are you know, uh, we have friction. There's, uh, there's frustration with each other. And uh, as we analyze the times when we get most aggravated uh, with each other, uh, there's a common theme. You know what the cause is most of the time? Stress. Uh, we get impatient with each other when uh, we're under time pressure or uh, some kind of uh, financial pressure or in some kind of frustrating, uh, pressurized circumstance. Uh, remember that uh, early snowstorm we had in uh, October? Uh, well, that was stressful because we had not adequately uh, wrapped our wicker furniture on the deck. And uh, yeah, we had some tension about whose fault that was. <laughs> uh, oh, and then uh, three weeks ago, you know how it got bitter cold? And uh, what happened was that uh, apparently... Uh, uh, the, the field mice in southern Connecticut decided that our home was the warm place uh, to be. Uh, so they came into the basement and apparently found wires and they got into our uh, kitchen cabinets. And <laughs> well, uh, I'm happy to say that we, Jen and I, did not argue about whose fault that was because uh, Jen, uh, and she has a, a firm conviction that... Uh, if there are mice in our house, it is totally and completely my fault. <laughs> and uh, which I don't understand. I, I, I didn't hang out a sign saying welcome made out of cheese or something, but <laughs> apparently in the marriage manual, the, this falls under the category of home invasion, and I should be. Um, what I'm trying to say is that, uh, that in our house, wicker furniture and uh, field mice lead to tension. Uh, and marital friction. Well, can you imagine the stress that Mary and Joseph experienced? Think about it. In order to be part of Christmas, it meant Joseph taking pregnant Mary miles and miles to Bethlehem. Maybe they got lost on the way. They certainly hit Christmas traffic. There's no doubt about that. Uh, they were probably late. Certainly when they got to Bethlehem, there was that 
no room in the inn thing. Did you make the reservation? I thought you were making the reservation. And uh, then there's birthing a baby in the barnyard. I bet there was field mice there. And uh, then there's the, uh, the shepherds showing up uninvited, uh, the wise men, the drummer boy, and all this uh, stuff. And then it gets worse, of course, because then it gets real serious because one day, uh, one night, uh, Joseph has to wake up Mary to say that we have to leave Bethlehem and in a hurry because there's a, a henchman group uh, coming to get our kid. And so they flee to Egypt. Can you imagine what it's like to be in a place where they have uh, no family, no friends, no home, no job. And I just got to believe that there was tension throughout all of this. There had to be some level of tension, but I'm even imagining that there were times when you know, they, they looked at each other and thought, if God was not sitting in the crib right over there, I would really like to... <laughs> But we know that really didn't, that that didn't really happen because we know that right in Scripture it says that Mary treasured all these things in her heart with joy, meaning that somehow, even in the midst of all these stresses, she was able to overcome. He was able to overcome with confident hope. Why? Jesus Emmanuel. That's the reason. That's the hope formula. Jesus plus Emmanuel, the Savior, was with them. So instead of fighting with each other, they were able to, even in the midst of the stress, whisper the scripture that they probably heard over and over again as children. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. How about you? Do you need some uh, confident hope in the stresses of life? The hope your rapid pulse needs, the hope your marriage needs, the hope your relationships need, the hope your soul needs is found in him, Jesus Emmanuel. If you let Jesus Emmanuel be born in you, you can experience peace, joy, without crumbling into fear, or worry, or the kind of impatience that can ruin your relationship and crush your soul. But also notice that Mary and Joseph prove that Jesus Emmanuel gives hope to become a world changer. You know, before Jesus Emmanuel was born into their life, I'm sure Mary and Joseph had the same kind of ordinary plans that every couple has, and that is to have a comfortable life where they're making a living, paying taxes, uh, getting old, and dying in bed. Uh, but God had infinitely bigger plans for them. God said to Mary and Joseph, forget your small plans. Through Jesus Emmanuel, through you I want to bless the whole world. And that's the way it is. When Jesus Emmanuel comes into your life, he lifts your eyes from your small plans for your personal comfort and your selfish goals and gives you a confident hope that makes you a brave part of his plan to bless the world. In this, Jesus Emmanuel is the fulfillment of God's promise in Jeremiah For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 
The saving presence of Jesus, Emmanuel, has done this in my life. I can remember uh, when I let him be born in me, I could sense him building within me a, a confident hope, a confidence to go beyond my small, selfish plans to join my fellow brothers and sisters, my fellow Christ-following family, to being a world changer by serving people like Jesus did. And Jesus, Emmanuel, is doing this one by one, person by person, all over this planet. I uh, was a few months ago in a forgotten corner of uh, the Soviet, former Soviet Union called uh, Kazakhstan. Uh, I was in North Kazakhstan, which is uh, the most economically depressed uh, region of this economically depressed nation, uh, where they have so few jobs that the majority of the population, half being uh, Muslim, uh, lives in crushing poverty. And some of these people live outside of the main town there in North Kazakhstan amidst some rolling hills. Uh, picture uh, rolling hills and valleys uh, stretching out for just uh, acres and acres as far as you can see with men and women of, uh, and children of all ages living in the, uh, the valleys of these, uh, of these mountains exposed uh, to the elements. Except now, uh, picture these hills as they really, really are. These hills are not made of earth. This rolling landscape are, is mountains of garbage. I was driven to this dump by a member of a nearby church. And to enter the dump, we had to stop at a kiosk uh, where the dump manager sat. And he had to lift the gate to let you drive into uh, this vast dump city. And uh, the dump manager noticed that we didn't have any garbage uh, to throw out. And so uh, he looked at us with uh, suspicion and demanded uh, to tell us what we were planning to do. And uh, we said that we were going to give food uh, to the people living in the dump. And do you know what he said to us before letting us in? He said with a snarl of disgust, there are no people living here. They are only animals. And that's how the dump people are regarded. They're considered animals. And so a long drive through these mountains of uh, garbage, and we arrive to the food drop-off area, and uh, dozens of destitute, homeless adults and children came forward to receive the food with gratitude, which they saved for a later uh, communal meal. And I noticed this, this sense of community among the dump people. And sure enough, the uh, church member told me that many of these dump people are Christians because they have a pastor who lives among them, brings food to eat with them, brings medicine to heal them, teaches them about Jesus, and leads them in worship every Sunday. And he pointed to a nearby ridge in the uh, garbage uh, mountain and said, that's the place they have church every Sunday and where every week uh, the dump people are giving their lives to Jesus. 
And I said, who is the pastor? And he said, the pastor's name is Vladimir. And uh, soon I met Vladimir and heard his story. Vladimir grew up in a rigid Soviet Union education, became a committed communist and a brutal KGB informant who particularly hated Christians. And so he hunted Christians uh, to have them imprisoned and persecuted and exiled into uh, death camps starting with the process of being uh, hidden among them and infiltrating them. Uh, but that hate was eating him up inside. He became an alcoholic and developed a terminal lung disease. Uh, he was dying, but he was a KGB informant who had infiltrated churches and had seen believers pray to Jesus for healing as if he was a real saving presence. And so with what he believed was one of his last dying breaths, Vladimir reached out to Jesus and just requested healing the best way he knew how. And Vladimir says that the saving presence of Jesus came over him like a tidal wave of love. And he was completely healed from that day of his alcoholism and his lung disease. But most of all, his heart was cured of his animal-like hatred. And all he wanted to do was to try to change the world one person at a time by sharing this saving presence of Jesus and his love with other people. And Jesus brought to his mind the dump people that he considered animals. And Jesus inspired Vladimir to hunt down the same believers that he wanted to imprison, but this time so that he could learn about Jesus from them and become sent by them to be a pastor to the dump people. You see, when Jesus Emmanuel is born in a person, he inspires that person with confident hope to live and love like he did. Vladimir's story reminds me that Jesus Emmanuel left the holy halls of heaven in order to be born in the dump of a stable. And then Jesus bent down to find me in the dumps of life. Jesus saves me in the dump, and then he lives with me in the dump-scarred world. And he reaches out from the dump to me and calls me to, like him, reach out to other dump people just like me. And I don't know what kind of stress you are experiencing today, uh, whether it's health stress or uh, whether it's financial stress or relational stress, all I know is that the answer is Jesus Emmanuel. Jesus plus Emmanuel equals confident hope in your life. I don't know what kind of small plans you have for life, but I can tell you that Jesus Emmanuel, if he is born in you, will give you a confident hope to reach from and into the dumps that, uh, that scar our world and cause you to be a world changer. You want hope. Do you want hope in this stressful, dump-scarred world? The formula is right here in the Christmas story. Jesus Emmanuel equals hope. Today, let Jesus, maybe like never before, let Jesus Emmanuel be born in you. I want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. 
and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.